nearby. Let's go to the book of Judges. If you don't have one, that's okay. We're going to put the verses up on the screen. With Mardi Gras comes uh, Ash Wednesday, and that is the beginning of Lent, which is a 40-day journey with Jesus toward the cross, toward uh, toward Easter Sunday. And um, it's a part of the church calendar, part of uh, church history. Um, I heard a preacher this morning who, he went off about Lent and Ash Wednesday and whatever and how it was rooted in paganism and has no place in the church and just blasted it. So uh, if you get emails like I got this week explaining all that to me, you just delete them and just don't worry about all that stuff. Don't feel weird about uh, the fact that we are celebrating Lent together and all that. Um, I don't really care where it's rooted. Um, I believe Jesus redeems everything. So maybe it was rooted in some weird places and whatever. I don't really care because it's been used uh, within the history of, of, of the church. It's been, Jesus has used it to do tremendous things, and uh, he's used it in our church to do tremendous things. And so um, if you hear weird stuff about it, like whatever, then, and I know because it's out there, just... Whatever, let them think that. But for us, we're gonna we're just gonna trust that Jesus will use this well for our benefit and use it well among us. And so, from now until Easter, then we're just we're gonna we're gonna take it seriously. We're gonna be a part of this stuff together. Um, we started on Wednesday reading through the book of Mark, and uh, if you have you know weren't a part of the first couple of days, we didn't get that far, so don't feel weird about it. Uh, on the the tear off part of the bulletin, you know, has some prayer, some some things we're praying for uh, throughout the week to keep us kind of unified. And those scripture readings are like kind of in parentheses on each of those days. And so you just kind of join in, jump in on that, and uh, we're going to read through the whole book of Mark in uh, forty days, which would be pretty cool. And so that'll be a part of it. Community groups will be uh, kind of within the same mindset. Sunday nights will be within the same mindset. So we're going to start to celebrate Easter now. And uh, we're just, I don't know, we're stepping into it, and it's going to be good. So um, what, what we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to pick apart what Jesus tells us uh, in Luke 9.23. And I know I sent you to Judges, and we're going to get to Judges. But in Luke 9.23, uh, Jesus, it's, it's a, a verse that we've, we've dealt with, you know, and it's, uh, we've taught through it and talked about it in a community group and stuff. And we're going to get. We're just going to break it down into smaller pieces over the next few weeks. Um, and so Jesus basically says this. He says, "If anyone wants to come after me, uh, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me." And uh, the the idea of coming after Jesus, uh, I've explained this before, but really, really briefly, if you um, were accepted to study under a rabbi, then your entire like your entire focus as a uh, as a thirteen or so year old boy, you had been bar mitzvahed. You are now a man, and you would go to a rabbi and say, "I want to come after you. I want to follow you." And uh, you know he would kind of, 
ask you some questions to see if he wanted to take you on as one of his disciples. Um, but the whole point, once you were taken on, is that is you wanted to become exactly like that rabbi. That was your whole agenda. Um, and so if a rabbi accepted you, then you went and you followed him everywhere and you imitated everything that he did and you listened to all, everything. And your whole goal was to be just like this guy. And so what Jesus is saying in Luke 9.23 is he's saying, if anyone wants to come after me, if anybody wants to be one of, of my followers, one of my disciples, here's, here's what you have to do in order to do that. Um, the first thing he says is you have to deny yourself. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let him deny himself. If you want to be just like Jesus, if we want to be exactly like him, he says, come on, you can do that, but you've got to deny yourself. So what, is that, what exactly does that mean? Um, I think the ESV study Bible probably says it the most succinctly and well. Um, it just says you have to, it's, it's about giving up a personal control of your own life. You're saying, my life is not mine, my life is, is yours. That's what denying yourself means. And, and that sa- it sounds good. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I know it was Mardi Gras and a lot of folks were out. But we talked about that, and it sounds like something, you know, it sounds like a part of, like, a Christian dialect, doesn't it? Not dialect, but, like, Christian uh, vernacular, you know. It's not about me, it's all about him, you know. I see that on Twitter a lot. I don't know if you're on Twitter, but. People, one of the things on Twitter that uh, is super hilarious is that people, it's called a hashtag, and they put a, a pound sign, and they put some, like, witty phrase at the end of every tweet. And, uh, and so, uh, but that's, like, I see that a lot as people will say, they'll say something, and they'll put, like, hash, it's called a hashtag, they'll put a little hashtag, and it's like, uh, it's not about me. I'm like, you just tweeted about you. It doesn't negate that, you know? But, then, uh, but it's such a part of what we are, and, like, my life is not my own. I was bought with a price. It's not about me, it's about him, all for his glory, you know. And I'm not, I don't mean to like necessarily make fun of how, that being a part of our vernacular, but sometimes things in the vernacular, we lose sight of what we're actually saying. And so we have to really understand what that means for us. When, when, when we're saying, like, I'm going to deny myself, we're saying, I'm giving up control of my life. Think about what we're really saying. We're saying something that we instinctively resist and hate with a passion, don't we? We hate to be out of control. There's enough in life that you, you can't control, right? There's so much out there that we want to grab onto the things that we can control and just with as tight of a fist as we can hold on to those things. Our, so much of our lives is basically us trying to control and manipulate circumstances and people and opinions and ideas and all this kind of stuff. Control those things, manipulate them so that, so that we can be happy. And so Jesus is saying, if you want to be just like me, you've got you to let go of that. You can't, you can't live a life that's controlling and manipulative just so that you can be happy. And the reason why, there's, why I'm, really, I'm quick to make fun of how, how flippantly we say it's not about me is because, is because we love that control so much because we, love our, we just love ourselves so much. That self-love, it's just, it's, it's just a bear to overcome. And so... What Jesus is telling us is no small task. Just deny yourself. It goes against what our culture tells us. It goes against what many of us were taught. It goes, it just, it goes against so much of how we're kind of what we were born into. And so this is a process where Jesus teaches us what the denial of self really looks like. 
And that, that is, is what we have to keep in mind over all this stuff, is that he's saying, if you want to come after me, you have to deny yourself. Um, what he's essentially saying is, following after me is how you learn how to deny yourself. And so the assumption is that all of us who are Christians are saying, I want to be just like my rabbi. Like, I want to be just like Jesus. And whatever he says I need to do, I'm going to do that. Whatever he models for me, I'm going to imitate that. Whatever he, uh, just whatever, whatever, whatever. So, uh, so I'm going to just assume that that's the case for all of us. That we're at that place where we're saying, I, I really want to be like him. He says to deny myself. And I want to learn how to do that. Um, and so we're going to look at a little bit more about kind of what that looks like so that we can kind of pull that into our own lives a little bit. So we went to the book of Judges. I didn't tell you what chapter on purpose. Go to Judges 13. Judges 13, uh, we find our old buddy Samson. And actually, let's go to 14. If you read 13, you'll, you'll kind of get his backstory. And um, the things we know about Samson, we know that he was super strong. We know that he, um, his uh, female counterpart was Delilah and that she tricked him into cutting off all his hair so, uh, and he lost all his strength and whatever. And we know that Samson's story is not like, you would not want to like, uh, be in a Bible study that's like how to be like Samson, Okay. If you ever see one of those, check a different box. You don't want to be in the How to Be Like Samson Bible study. So it's not the best story ever, but there's so much we can glean from it. Um, and so we see in Samuel's life uh, not necessarily what it, it looks like to deny yourself. We, look, we see what the opposite of that is. And I think sometimes through the opposite, we can, kind of, we can kind of see some stuff. So in Judges 13, we see his backstory, and we see that, that he was a Nazarite, uh, from from birth, he was a uh, under the Nazarite vow, which um, which basically the Nazarite vow was something people would take for a period of time, where they would uh, they would devote themselves to the Lord for a specific amount of time or, per, or a specific purpose or reason. Uh, so, like even if you were to take like the the season of Lent, how how one of the the parts of how people will celebrate Lent is they sacrifice something. Uh, they give up something for Lent during that time. It's, that's sort of, sort of the same mindset of, like, I'm going to designate this period of time to focus on Jesus, focus on the cross, focus on the journey to the cross and what that means. And a part of that is there's going to be some, some physical things I do and don't do as a part of reminding me about a spiritual commitment that I've made. So the Nazarite vow was, was very similar. What's unique about Samson is that um, there was no specific period of time. It was uh, from the womb, um, that was God's plan for him. And so uh, there, the parts of it where you, you were to have no contact with, with a dead body, become unclean, unclean uh, in any way, uh, you could not partake of, of any fruit of the vine, okay? so no wine, grapes, anything like that. Uh, and the third one is that you didn't cut your hair. Those are the, the three deals. And so uh, he had grown up his whole life, and those were just part of how his parents raised him because the Lord told him to. And uh, so he, he's... Come of age, you know, he's, uh, whatever that means. And uh, so look, in, look at 14, verse 8. It says, after some days he returned to take her. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that. That's weird. Uh, 
Everybody's like, backing up a few verses. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Okay? Now, uh, previously in the story, he had, like, just ripped this lion apart. Okay? Lion was threatening him and just, like, just tore it apart. Okay? He's strong guy, all this kind of stuff, whatever. So he comes back along, and uh, he wants to look, and like, he's looking at the carcass. of like, Look at that lion that I literally like, ripped him to shreds. And he looks at the carcass, uh, and behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. Okay, now he didn't tell mom and dad because he had just broken his vow by having contact with a dead body. All right. So, if we want to know what the denial of self doesn't look like, there's one example of it, right there. Samson he he made a choice. He saw that carcass. He saw the, the bees in there, and he saw the honey. He, he had a choice to make, and it's very simple. Uh, he could either honor the Lord, or he could honor himself. Honor the Lord, honor himself. Honor the Lord by denying his desire for, that, for the honey um, because it was in the carcass of an animal, and he had, from birth, been raised to not have contact with dead bodies as a part of his commitment and devotion to the Lord and the purpose for his life. Um, Or he could honor himself and basically control and manipulate the situation to get what he wanted, which was honey. And so he made the choice to honor himself, broke his vow, lied, lied to his parents, kept it from them, whatever. So one, one way that we see um, the, and I don't want to keep saying it weird or whatever, but if we're, if we're thinking that deny, deny himself, that's in the category of honoring the Lord and honoring self. If we want to know what honoring self looks like, it looks kind of like this. is you see something and you want it, and because you want it and you love yourself, you manipulate and control the situation in order to make yourself happy. You feed that self-love and you end up honoring yourself. Now, yeah, we're not walking around and getting bees out of dead bodies, okay? I get that. But have you ever been watching TV, and one of those stupid Apple commercials comes on, and you're like, I want that product so bad. And I'm already thinking, what, what can I sell, or how can I come up with the money to get it, or whatever, and it just kind of launches this. It's funny, because every time Apple has this, some big release of some new deal, Christians have, there's this immediate tension that comes up because you, because you know that those commercials and the way that they market stuff and how, whatever, it brings out the materialist in you. And it's cool because we're starting to like actually talk about that and be like, I can't, I hate the way I see something new and I just want it right away. I got, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. We're faced with choices. I'm not saying Apple products are honoring yourself necessarily. Or dishonoring to the Lord. But we're so quick to want to honor ourselves because we see something, we want it, and we're like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. Materialism is like that. Money money is like that. 
Um, dealing with the opposite sex is like that. Um, success in our jobs and in school and whatever. There's so many things where we're like, we see it and we just want, they're like, that's, that's what I want. That's going to make me happy. And whatever it takes to do that, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get it because that feeds my happiness, quote unquote, which is really just me honoring myself, loving myself, and just making sure that I'm good to go. So please don't hear me saying, like, yeah, buying new stuff is bad. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but this is an area of life where that shows up. Samson saw that honey and said, I want that. And he made a choice to honor himself. And by honoring himself, he dishonored the Lord. And sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes we make purchases and we do it in such a way that is honoring to the Lord. And sometimes that materialistic side of us just gets going. And we don't really care what the Lord has to say about our spending. We'll spend it on ridiculous stuff. And so, Jesus says, if you want to be like me, you deny yourself. You stop controlling and manipulating things to make yourself happy. And you deny yourself and honor the Lord in all things. It becomes a natural part of how you think. So that's one area that we see it um, kind of in Samson's life. Look at, uh, let's keep going, look at verse 10. It says, his father, his father went down to the woman. And Samson prepared a feast there for so the, uh, for so the young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, let me now put a riddle to you. If you can tell me what it is within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. They said to him, Put your riddle that we may hear it. And he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days they could not solve the riddle. Okay? Now, I don't know, weird, right? I mean, who makes up riddles? Uh, he not only makes up a riddle, it's a riddle about the breaking of his vow. You know? Like, how, how dumb is he? He makes up a riddle about dishonoring the Lord and honoring himself. Okay, He's clueless at this point. But this is another, another, thing, another way that we see like honoring ourselves so prevalently is, is in like, basically like our sense of humor a lot of times. As he, was, he wanted to be funny. He wanted to be cool. He wanted to uh, trick all his friends basically into giving him clothing. So he made a joke out of, his, out of the breaking of his vow. And we do that, too. I mean, we choose ourselves so, so easily, especially when it comes to humor. We're very quick to make, make fun of somebody, make fun of situation. I mean, like, goodness, look at, I don't know, look at how Whitney Houston was treated in the last two years up to her death. I mean, all we did was make fun of her. I don't mean, like, 
me and my friends. I mean, like, as a culture, right? She was mocked. She was a joke. And she passes away, and like she, now she's a saint, you know, and all that stuff. And that's just a whole weird deal anyway. Um, but we, do, we choose ourselves in the area of humor so much. And I, but I, I think we make too light of it. I think, oh, you're just kind of making a big deal out of nothing. But not, not, not if we're thinking in terms of following after Jesus and denying ourselves, of, of honoring God versus honoring ourselves. I mean, think about how, how self-promoting that is to just be willing to throw anybody under the bus. Just to get a laugh, just to be the funny, witty person, uh, just to whatever, whatever it is. We're controlling and manipulating situations so that we can look cool, so that we can be happy because we think that people think that we're cool, and therefore feeding our self-love and completely the opposite of what Jesus says, if you want to come follow me, this is what you have to do. We find ways to control things and honor ourselves in the jokes that we make and the things that we find funny and whatever. And so I, I don't, in some things, I, I mean, and I'm not at all saying like, you guys need to quit doing this. Like, I'm terrible. I'm terrible about this. And I've, the Lord has dealt with me a lot over the last couple of years, especially just about, about this area of my life. And um, I'm not saying I've had a lot, a lot of progress necessarily, but, but I understand more now than I used to about how much my own insecurities and whatever like drive that forward. And so if I'm standing before you as a part of this congregation saying, like, I want to be just like Jesus, that's an area of my life where, that, where I'm not being like Jesus because instead of denying myself and honoring my Lord, I'm promoting myself. Finding controlling, controlling the situation or whatever to try to honor myself and feed my own self-love. So if we wanted to see real-life examples, there's another, another way. Here's another one. This one is uh, this one's kind of weird. I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you what it is. Uh, well, now we'll look at it. Look at look at 14, chapter 14. Look at verse uh, verse three. He'd seen this girl, and he liked her, and he said, I want, I want her. And uh, there's like all kind of cultural stuff going on here, so this is going to sound kind of weird when you read it. But uh, Verse 3 says, But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among our, all, our, all our people that you must go uh, to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? Okay, So just understand there's a lot more going on there. Whatever. But Samson said to his father, Look at this. Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Uh, I mean, I haven't read it in the original language, but I think I know what that means. He's, I've seen her, and I want her, so go get her. Then you look at, uh, let me make sure I get it right. So to verse 7, he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. This is an, another area where, where we see that, uh, that self-love and honoring of ourselves come forward. And it's, it's just, it's just in, in our relationships with other people. Okay? Not, not just uh, you know, intimate relationships and stuff like that. And not just you know, uh, opposite sex kind of stuff and not all that. Not just that. 
in general, okay, friendships, whatever. Um, in his in his case, I mean, he just he had a, he had trouble with this. You know, if you read if you go to chapter sixteen, we see him again um, just stumbling into that. That's why I, like everything went down with with uh, Delilah and cutting the hair and all that kind of stuff is because he had this hang up where like for him it was he he made a decision to objectify these women in order to get what he wanted because that would make him quote unquote happy and feed his self-love and therefore honor himself which actually ends up dishonoring the lord so for him it was the objectification of women in a sexual sense okay i think for us uh that is still the case sometimes okay it's not be you know, be weird about it. That objectification of one another happens all the time. And it's not just males to females. Females do the same stuff. And, and get away with it? Oh, my goodness. But it goes both ways. It's using one another to feed um, whatever kind of like weird appetites that we might have. Or to feed whatever insecurities that we might have or whatever. And we see somebody else, and, and we have a choice. Samson had a choice. He saw, he saw this girl in this chapter, and later on, Delilah and whatever, he saw him and said, that's what I want, and that's, that's what I want, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Um, for us, we have those choices of saying, I'm, this is what I want, and so I'm going to control and manipulate that person or this situation or whatever so that we can somehow be together so that, uh, I'm quote unquote happy, and my and I, I'm secure, and I'm whatever to feed myself love, and I end up just I'm just honoring myself, and it's bull, but we do it, and it's not and it's not just in in that way. Uh, we do that with friendships sometimes, where we have just like really just like one way one way things. Uh, there are people that we're trying to be friends with because of how they, it makes us feel more popular or whatever to know that they're friends with us or that we were hanging out with them and all this kind of stuff and. Uh, or friendships that are like you want to be friends with somebody because of what they can do for you, but it doesn't go the other way, you know. It's all all take and no give kind of deal. Um, there's all kinds of, of expectation issues, you know, that, that come into things, expectations and um, entitlement. You see that a lot within marriages, you know, where where you and I'll just say it like this: you have sometimes you have a a, a wife who is unhappy because her husband is, doesn't make her feel like a princess, you know? When the Bible never even hints at that. Lots of novels do, lots of books and magazines and movies do, but the Bible never really describes it that way. But there's this like, weird sense of entitlement, these like, weird expectations that happen. And so, um, but that's like a, a purely self-love honoring thing and then on the husband's side the husband has watched like just way too many of of other kinds of things where he's expecting life to be a certain way as well and when that doesn't work out he's like well this is not what i thought it was going to be and she's like well this is not what i thought it was going to be and neither one of them are looking at the bible because they're both so busy loving themselves and and pouting because they haven't gotten what they want that they're completely just wrapped up in this thing and jesus the whole time is saying do you want to be like me or do you not want to be like me if you want to be like me, then you have to deny yourself. You have to stop trying to control and manipulate things to make you what you think is going to be happy. 
You have to deny yourself and look at a life that is honoring to the Lord. And so, relationally, is, is, that's like a third kind of way that we see it show up. Is in our relationships with each other. So, so whether it's, it's, we talked about the honey, okay? Whether it's like, it's like visual appeal, you know? Like we see something and we're just like, I want it. I want to honor myself by pursuing that. Um, whether it's in our senses of humor or whether it's in like relationships and stuff. Just, there's so much of our, of our lives where we're just trying to control and manipulate things because we think it's going to make us happy. And all that really boils down to the fact that we, we have, have not matured out of the self-love that we were born into in sin. And Jesus is saying, hey, I can, I can teach you how to not be that guy. I can teach you how to not be that girl. I can, I can make your life look like my life. But what that's going to involve is the denial of self. Is you being able to look at something and say, and say I want that, but I want to honor the Lord more than I want that. If you're having the opportunity to make fun of someone or something or whatever, and, and, and for, for that temptation to be there at first, but for something greater to come in and say, well, that image bearer that you're about to just completely like, make fun of and treat them like they're not a real person, uh, how about you deny, you deny that urge to try to be the funniest person in the room or the quickest one to make that joke or the first one to forward that YouTube video or the, you know, whatever. How about you just deny yourself in that area and choose to honor me in this? He wants to make us into the kind of person that when it comes to our relationships, whether it's marriage or dating or engagement or whatever, or our friendships or within our families or whatever, where it's just you're not just trying to do whatever it takes just to make yourself happy. When your desire to be happy is trumped by your desire to honor the Lord within those relationships. See, really what we're talking about is the fact that we were born into a situation where we just love ourselves we push our own agenda. And Jesus is teaching us how to come out of that kingdom of the world mindset and learn how to live in his kingdom. And so, we really have to be in a place where we say, that's, that's what I want. I want to be like my rabbi. I don't want to be like the rest of the world. I, I, that's not who I am. I want to be like him. And when he makes that offer and says, hey, I'll teach you that we say, yeah, all right, let's do that. And so what, is, what does that look like? Um, go to Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to go to Matthew 26. Jesus not only comes in as the rabbi and says, hey, you need to deny yourself. Quit making your whole life about honoring you. It's got to be about honoring God. It's got to be. If you want to be like me, you've got to do this. He not only like, teaches that, uh, he models it for us. Uh, here's one of the places where we see it. Um, so you're in Philippians 2. I'm in Matthew 26. Uh, let me just read it to you. It says, uh, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began 
to be sorrowful and troubled. When they, then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. All right? Three times, full of sorrow, um, blood coming out of his sweat glands from the anxiety of knowing what was ahead. Um, and community groups this week, we're going to talk about that a little bit, and so I'll just save that for then. But, uh, and and there, this is, there is his prayer, is saying, this is what I want. I would really like to accomplish what we want to accomplish in this in some other way, that this, that this cup would, would pass me by. Um, but not my will, but your will. So, so we see both, both things at play. Um, he's expressing his desire, but what trumps his desire is obedience to the Father. It's the will of the Father. Here's Jesus, like, like literally understanding what it means when he says, it's not about me. All for his glory. Not my will, but your will. He, he gets it. So when he says, if you want to come after me, if you want to be just like me, you have to deny yourself, we see it in his life. And so he understands why it's so difficult. He gets it. And he is there saying, I'll step you through it. Okay? I'll step you through it. I'll, I'll form this same mindset in you. You can, you, you can be just like your rabbi. Okay? Okay? Uh, but you but you got to you got to let you got to let go of the control you know you got to you got to stop trying to manipulate everything so you honor yourself you got to just pry your hands off of your life and step back and say it's not my will but your will and what's cool is that over time that's easier and easier to do uh, and that's the beauty of walking with Jesus is that he makes us into the kind of people who make these kinds of prayers and really mean it. Um, and I sent you to uh, Philippians 2, the great uh, Christ hymn. So, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, is verse 1, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. Okay? What is rivalry and conceit? What is that? That's honoring self, right? It says, do nothing to honor yourselves, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Don't make fun of them. Don't mock them. 
Don't use others as an opportunity to look cool. Okay? Verse 4, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Okay? Which is yours in Christ Jesus. Saying you're, you can literally think this way. In Christ. Not in your, not yourself, but in Christ. Uh, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay? Even, he was, I mean, God himself. And he says, no, I'm, I'm going to lay down that. Because the will of the Father is greater, greater than that. The plan of redemption is greater than that. I submit to, submit to it. That's what he did. He, he's, yeah. Verse nine. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the, to the glory of God the Father. And so, so here we have our rabbi who's demonstrated this in his own life and said, if you want to come after me, you deny yourself. No, no self-love, no control, no, no manipulation, no driving your own agenda, no, just none of that stuff. Um, deny those desires and appetites and tendencies and whatever. You say no to that so because I, I want a life that honors the Lord. I want to be exactly like my rabbi. And so the, the question tonight is, uh, do, do you want to be just like Jesus? I mean, do you, do you really want to be just like Jesus? Do you want to be just like Jesus? You have to ask yourself. I have to ask myself. The right answer is absolutely. The wise answer is to understand what that means. And to faithfully, and out of love and devotion to the Father, say, absolutely. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest. And I'll say, yes, I want it. I want it. And I understand what that's going to entail. It's the denial of myself but to the glory of God the Father. And so why in the world would I want to exalt myself if I can be a part of exalting the king of the universe? And so the question for all of us is, do we really, honestly, want to be like him? If so, he says, come on. If not, he says, all right, well, let's hold off. So really, ball's in your court. It's in my court deal with, however. Um, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. 
see what, what God has in our remaining minutes together tonight. Let's pray. Jesus, what a what a beautiful thing when we when we see in Luke nine twenty three that you say if if anyone would come after me. I mean you open that up wide. You're not just looking for people who look a certain way or act a certain way or have a certain background or meet certain qualifications. You just cast the net across every single one of us and say, if anyone wants to be like me, wants to be my disciple, who I teach, and I mold and shape and pour into and I refine Anybody who wants to step into that, let him deny himself. And so we, um, it's an incredible invitation in front of us. And so we want to, we want to say yes to it, fully understanding what that means. And so help us to, help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with you. When faced with a question like, do, we, do you really want to be just like Jesus or not? You know how difficult it is to be able to say, not my will, but your will. And, and to really mean that. And so we just need you to show us. Make us into the kind of people who just instinctive, instinctively live that way. We know you've already begun that work in us. We want to make the, the efforts and the, just take those intentional steps to move us in that direction. And so, we love you. And we thank you that you loved us first. Just spend a minute or two talking with the Lord and we'll sing in just a second.